Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, hey, as we have now wrapped up our initial series of our edX presentations from the HPB Expo, we are going to be rolling into what we'll cover for most of this season, which are going to be episodes about learning to build a framework of sales management. You know, I think for many companies, they're sitting in a place right now where it's not that there's a economic downturn, but the faucet has shut off. For the last, you know, frankly, even five to six years, for most businesses, so many people have been coming in wanting to buy products that if a team member had a pulse and wasn't rude, they were probably going to sell something. And we're at a point right now where we have to work for our sales and companies have to make the transition from playing defense to playing offense. And as I've gone to work with companies here in in the new year, one of the things I've seen is that it's really, really hard to get salespeople to perform when they've never had a cadence of management. And to be honest, many salespeople will fight this and they, they will fight things like attending a sales meeting, having sales goals, using a CRM system or a sales dashboard to keep track of their book of business. And this is natural because it's unfamiliar And when it's something that has never been done before, it's easy to resist it for fear of, you know, am I going to lose my job if I don't perform or what happens if my boss actually sees what I'm doing? There's a lot of reasons why team members are resistant to this, but it doesn't change the fact that if we want our companies to grow right now, we have to get really intentional with our sales teams. And that means that we have to create a system of sales management. So in these coming episodes, we'll be covering a lot of topics. Today's episode is all about setting sales goals and building compensation plans. I think that that is the bedrock of management is understanding where are we trying to go and how are we going to pay the people who are going to take us there. Once we've done that, we will move in future episodes into utilizing a documented sales process operating from a sales dashboard, coaching the right behaviors, operating off of key measurements, running a regular meeting, and committing to sales practice. Now, we might end up adding a few more topics as we go with this series, but everything I just listed are the core tenets of building a framework of sales management. So if you're sick of having salespeople underperforming or feeling like you're not getting the most out of them, my guess is that a part of it could be that they don't have a system of management to perform to. They don't know what's expected of them and how to get there. So even though there's resistance, by you putting these things in place, this is how you take a team from average or mediocre to good and eventually great. So with that said, we're going to jump into a conversation on sales goals and building compensation plans because that is the bedrock of sales management. All right, so as we get started here, we are going to begin by talking about sales goals and then eventually move into sales compensation. 
And the reason that I think this is really important is that when it comes to sales, we want to plan out where we want to go for the year and then the next year and then the next year after that. We want sales to be something that is intentional, not something that happens by accident. And for years, this was never modeled for me. I mean, truly, I was probably easily 12 to 13 years into my career before I had ever heard of a sales budget. I I had never even thought about the fact that a company might try to plan where their sales were going to be. And this is really, really important. I actually did this with a company just literally a week and a half ago, and I'm I'm leaving tomorrow to go work with another company to do some of the same things, that we need a budget. We need to figure out what do we expect to get? How many salespeople will it take to get us there? And In your companies, you might have one salesperson, you might have two, you might have someone that does half sales, half office work. For anybody that's involved in a sales function, we need to put together a budget of what we expect from them throughout the year. And if you're going to hire for a sales position, when's that hire going to be made? At what month will they start contributing? And what is their sales goal going to be for every month through the rest of the year? Now, Some of the pushback that I get often is, well, Tim, we don't control what happens this year. I mean, what if the economy dries up and we've set goals that are unattainable? Well, that could definitely happen. But again, it's like what Zig Ziglar says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And even if the economy does dry up, you still have people within your company that you have to pay. And you want to be able to have money left over in the bank for a rainy day and You want to pay yourself and maybe have other investments too. And those things take money. So a a sales budget needs to be created regardless. So a couple of thoughts on this. So I've done this, I mean, many, many, many times, probably going back to, I don't know, 2015 or so. And every time I do this, I sit down salesperson by salesperson and I document what I expect they could bring in this year based on last year's performance, looking at opportunities and things that we might have in place this year and trying to guess based on where the economy is going to be. Now, I also combine that with where we need the company to go. I was with a company recently where they really need to grow by 10%. They, they really do. In order to keep the ship afloat, to have pay raises and everything else, they need to grow by 10%. So that was the goal that we set. You know, with my own business, with Wi-Fi, it's a little bit different than running a retail store. We sell software subscriptions, but we still have to look at where do we want to go? Do we believe that there's going to be some attrition this year from our partners? Do we believe we'll maintain all of our partnerships or most of our partnerships? And based on our capacity, our time, and our available other resources, where do we think we need to grow to in order for the company to be in a sustainable position? These are just conversations that we need to have. So with that, my recommendation is that you look at where your company needs to be And then you also look at what do you believe you can expect out of each of your salespeople and literally get this on a spreadsheet and decide, is there a gap? If there is a gap, it means that you either need to get more performance out of your salespeople or you need a new salesperson or you need to make a change with one of your salespeople and bring somebody in that's a higher performer. There's really only those basic options for it. But putting this on a spreadsheet is really, really helpful to start to think about sales performance. 
Now, once you've got your overall budget number, it starts to become much easier to set sales goals for people. Now, let's just use a fictitious example. Let's say that you are a $4 million company that has four salespeople. Well, you could say that everybody's goal is going to be a million dollars and then you divide a million dollars by 12 and there's the monthly goal for everybody. But I don't think that's an effective way to create sales goals because those goals may serve you and your company, but they will likely break the backs of your sales team because they don't ebb and flow throughout the natural ebb and flows of the year and they don't take into account different salespeople's skill levels. So let's just imagine that you need to be at $4 million for the year, you have four salespeople and you think that between those four people, you can get the sales that you need. Well, I would recommend actually making your goal larger for some salespeople and lesser for others based on their ability. Now, for me, with all the sales teams that I have worked on, I classify salespeople with an A, B, C, or D rating. Now, this rating has nothing to do with their value as a human being before God. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with how good of a salesperson they are, with how effective they are at their job. And generally speaking... In most markets, I would say that a C-level salesperson is probably somewhere around $500,000 per year. And you could make that, you know, maybe minus 50,000 up to plus 100,000. So call it, you know, 450,000 to 600,000 is a C-level salesperson. Now, this will change market to market. Some markets, that would be a D-level salesperson. Others, if it's a tiny, tiny community, a very small business, maybe that's a B-level salesperson. But generally across the board, I find that that 450 to 600 mark is a C-level salesperson. Now, the next level up would be a B-level salesperson. This is a little bit bigger window. But generally speaking, I would say a $600,000 to $800,000 performer is probably a B-level salesperson. Again, this is going to depend a little bit market to market. In some big markets, 800000 is not a B-level. It's a C-level salesperson. But I would say across the board, generally speaking, six hundred to 800000 is probably a B-level salesperson. And then I would say when you're at the eight hundred to a million dollar mark, I would consider that an A-level salesperson. When you're above a million, I would call that a plus. Again, I've already said this four times, this will depend market to market. We need to spend some time talking about past performance, looking at the opportunity that's available to determine that specifically for your company. The point is, I rank all my salespeople on an A, B, C, D scale to understand where they are and what I can expect from them. And so again, if I have these four salespeople, we need to make $4 million this year and I have a C-level salesperson, I'll probably task that person with a goal of 600,000 and I will make up the other 400,000 between two of the other salespeople. If I have two A-level players, we very well may have each of them shoot for 1.2 million a piece to make up for the $600,000 player. So you want to set goals in line with the skill set and the past performance 
of your team members. So often when I would bring new salespeople in for training, we'd be talking through sales goals. When I would give them their goal for the year, I would show them based on past performance of current people on the team and previous people who had had the position where their performance was so that they could be affirmed that this was absolutely possible. Now, as a side note, what was cool is that as salespeople started to mature within the system over time, I began to let them set their own sales goals. And the reason why was because if I had an A-level salesperson that was hungry and wanted to make even more money, I had no problem with them setting their own goal and it became my job to empower them to help them hit it. So it's really important to have a sales goal for every single salesperson, but I would also advise that this goal ebbs and flows throughout the course of the year. So as an example, I'm thinking about an A-level salesperson that I had. And this person's goal for the year was right at about $950,000. Now, he exceeded that. He sold well over a million bucks. But with his sales goal being at nine fifty dollars for the year, when we broke that down month by month, again, looking at past performance and other factors like that, there were some months of the year where this A-level salesperson had a sales goal of just $40,000. And if you think about that, you know, 40000 times... 12 months of the year barely makes for like a half million dollar salesperson and his overall goal was nearly double that. But I wanted to be able to not break his back every month with an arbitrary goal that may or may not be realistic based on the weather, based on door swings and other factors. So this takes time. But if you can set a realistic goal for your people and have it ebb and flow month to month documented on a central spreadsheet that everybody can see, this starts to show that you're with them, that you understand them, and that you are working alongside to try to help them hit their goal rather than being an arbitrary taskmaster. So to recap on this, when we're starting out a system of sales management, we have to understand where we're going. We have to ask the question, where does the company need to grow to? And based on past performance and who my salespeople are, what is reasonable? And so the combined goal of the salespeople should equal the amount that you want your company to grow overall. Now, in addition to setting a regular sales goal, I would recommend a stretch goal for every salesperson. And maybe the stretch goal is just an extra 15% each month. Maybe it ebbs and flows. And in general, for my stretch goal, I just make it the same additional percentage every single month. And we'll talk about this in a minute with, with compensation plans, but the stretch goal should be that extra push that if they're able to hit this, it's not expected, but if they're able to hit it, something great will happen. So the team has a sales goal and then they have a stretch goal and that ebbs and flows throughout the course of a year. It's documented on a spreadsheet that everybody on the team has access to so we understand exactly where things are at and we month by month by month understand the health of the organization. Now, you may be asking the question, so this means I need to communicate my company revenue to my salespeople. I would say in every situation that I've been in, the answer is yes. There might be some situations, depending on your business, where that's not appropriate or it's not helpful. That that could be. But in every situation I have been in, 
salespeople need to know the numbers. They really, really do. Sales is a numbers-driven position, and they have to know if they're winning or losing and how the rest of the team is performing. It's amazing how iron starts to sharpen iron when they see the common scoreboard of past performance. It really is. Now, depending on the company, maybe there's a situation where that's not appropriate, but I would say in every position that I've been in, the salespeople should be aware of the numbers. Okay, so that's the beginning. We need to set sales goals so we know where we're going. Once we have that, we need to make sure that our compensation plans are empowering our team and not inhibiting them. For you listening to this, Chances are you already have salespeople, they're already being paid a certain way, and it might rock the boat to disrupt compensation plans. But I want to talk about this because I'm really passionate about comp plans and I love helping businesses put these together because the way that I look at it is that a compensation plan is a way to help a team member achieve their dreams and have an amazing life. And I think that that is a worthy and noble task to invest time into. To quote my friend Bradley Hartman, he says the number one rule of economics is people will do the behavior that you incentivize. So if you think about this, if you do not pay a sliding scale, you don't pay a commission, a spiff, or a bonus for people to sell more, they probably won't be selling more. They they probably won't be. Now, I, I, I will leave a little bit of room for this because there are some people that are so absolutely motivated that they will push themselves for the sake of an inner honor regardless of what is paid. I believe that. I also believe that that is about 0.0003% of the population and even those people, if they saw more reward, they would sell more. People will do the behavior you incentivize. So as an example, at a past job that I had, none of the salespeople were paid in a commission and we prided ourselves on it. In fact, we would tell our customers all the time, you know, oh, we're not paying in a commission. So I don't, I don't make a penny extra if you buy this. And, and we looked at that as a win and it might've convinced a couple of customers to buy, but really what it did was it incentivized the team to be lazy and not to go the extra mile to help the customer. I mean, we, we, we were nice enough, but even for me, I, I considered myself someone who cared about my customers, but there were times for me where sure on the surface, it looked like I was being kind to the customer and trying to solve their problem. But really in my head, I was thinking, I do not want to deal with this. I wonder what I can say to get them to leave the store. I just know that that was going on in my own head. And, and the reason I know that this is such a big deal is that probably 12 years ago or so, I got my first commission-paying sales job. And literally, my behavior changed overnight. Now, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. Yours may be different. Your teams may be different. But when my compensation changed based on my performance, my performance changed. It was as simple as that. So I believe in a sales position that there has to be incentive-based pay. There has to be. Now, this does not mean that you need to pay all commission and no base. We can, we'll talk about this in, in a little bit as we keep going here. But I believe there has to be incentive-based pay in a sales position. If you have someone that doesn't want to work for incentive-based pay, 
That could be fine for a different position in your company, but I would not recommend them as a salesperson on the floor. So how is it that you build an effective compensation plan for a salesperson? There's a few things that I would think about. So a rule that was taught to me for retail sales in our industry is this. And again, this could vary for your company. You can decide what you want to do. But a rule that was taught to me is that you should expect to pay approximately 10% of the top line revenue for the sale. That's about what you should expect to pay the salesperson for the sale. Now, so let's just take a gas insert and let's just imagine that the project with installation costs $7,000, right? Well, that means that there's approximately $700 in there to pay the salesperson for the sale. Now, in this logic that was taught to me, that also needs to make room for the estimator, Okay, so if your salespeople do their own estimates, then they would make all of this. If you have an estimator in place, then this 10% needs to be split between the salesperson and the estimator. That was the rule that was always taught to me, and I found it helpful for the retail sales portion of our industry. We'll talk about pricing and margin and things like that as we move ahead. But this means that a salesperson would make roughly 10% of what they sell. So a million-dollar salesperson would make $100,000. A $600,000 salesperson would make $60,000. Now, this, this works when there's performance, but it starts to drop away when there's not. Now, again, this doesn't take into account the estimator. If you have an estimator, well, it might mean that that million-dollar salesperson can only make $60,000 because we need to pay some to the estimator. So you need to work out how this is in your company. But this is the number that was given to me and I found it helpful as a jumping off point. So if if we know that we want to pay roughly 10%, you can start to make some decisions on how much of that is going to be base salary, how much of it is going to be a commission, and how much of it is going to be a bonus. This is how we start to put compensation plans together. Now, maybe you charge higher prices, your margins are higher, And you decide that I'm willing to pay up to 15% for the sale. That's totally fine. Maybe you say, no, no, no. I mean, I I can only pay 6% for the sale. That's okay as well. But you got to be careful because you need to pay enough for this to be a career job. A sales position should be able to be a career job where someone can do this. They can buy a house. They can save money. They can go on vacation. You want your salespeople to stay with you and to look at what they do as a major opportunity. So with that, I want to jump into a few different models that I've seen as really effective for salespeople. The first one is a compensation plan that I actually used to have, and I thought that it was really effective. But this compensation plan had a base salary to it. And then every single month, I was eligible for commission once I had sold above a certain dollar amount. And the way that it was explained to me was that you need to sell above this dollar amount to essentially pay the company back for your base salary. And then after that, as the company profits, you get to keep a portion of that profit as a commission. In addition to that, I was given three sales numbers. And in our case, it was $50,000, $80,000, and $100,000 a month. If I hit $50,000, I got a small bonus. If I hit $80,000, I got another small bonus. If I hit $100,000, I got another small bonus on top of my 
commission. So if you think about this, rewind it back, we have a base salary and let's just say, you know, whatever that is, 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour, wherever you are in the country, you have a base salary. And then you have a threshold where once you have sold above the threshold, you start making a commission for the month. So say you put your threshold at $25,000. The salesperson would not make a commission until they start selling above that. Say your threshold was 35,000. The salesperson would not make a commission until they sold above 35,000. And then after that are your three tiers of a monthly bonus at 50,000, 80,000, and $100,000. Now, what works really, really well about this plan is that it protects the company because you're only paying out the most when you get performance. And for any business owner, what are they after? Guaranteed performance. That's what they're after. They want guaranteed performance. So as a business owner, if you only have to pay commission above this threshold, if I know that, well, you know, I only have to pay commission if the team member sells above 35,000. That that makes me feel better as a business owner because I'm not going to be paying a commission for tiny 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 minuscule amounts of sales when the person hasn't earned back their overhead yet. And on top of that, if I am willing to give these bonuses, but I only have to give them at these increments, 50,000, 80,000, 100,000, I'm only paying out when I get performance. That is very advantageous to the company. What where I found a weakness in this plan is that by having this arbitrary threshold of say 25,000, 35,000, 50,000 in sales that the salesperson has to sell above, that's there every month of the year. So when it's the middle of July and it's 100 degrees outside, it might be hard, say your threshold's at 35,000, it might be hard to sell 35,000 in fireplaces if you're in a very small rural market. So that can be disheartening for your salesperson. Likewise, if your bonuses are arbitrary, like in this case that I just gave you, 50,000, 80,000, 100,000, it means that sales goals have a little bit less power. I'm not saying they have no power, but they have less power because they're arbitrary nature of the bonuses. But the reason I give you that plan is that you can start to put some numbers together and you might say, well, you know what, let's start out with a 5% commission once they sell above this threshold, and we'll make these bonuses $200, $400, and maybe $800, something like that, you know, at, at these different markers. Well, the cool thing is the salesperson understands that, oh my gosh, like every single month, I've got a chance of making a commission and a sales bonus. That that actually can be really attractive. And speaking from my own experience, I can tell you that I've seen this work out great both for the salesperson and for the company. So advantages of this plan is that it is very simple. The bonuses are set, the threshold is set. The downside of this plan is that you will find, unless you manage it well, that your salespeople can become deflated and discouraged if it's hard for them to make it over those thresholds certain months of the year based on factors that are largely outside of their control. But this is still a great entry-level sales plan. Okay, next compensation plan I want to talk about. And and I covered this a little bit in the Q&A with Tim Rethlick from last season. But this is another sales plan where there's going to be base pay. And that base pay, again, wherever you want to set it, you know, 12 bucks an hour, 15, 18 bucks an hour, maybe you're higher than that, maybe you're 20, 22, whatever you are. 
but you have you have some kind of base pay and you have a commission every single sale no matter what but it's likely a smaller percentage than the last plan that we talked about so you offer commission on every single sale now the reason that you do this is because you always want the team member to be motivated to sell and to be able to share in the rewards of their performance even some performance so in this case, if let's just say that you're paying out a 5% commission before, you could be a little bit more aggressive on that because you knew your company was being paid back the threshold first, whether that was you know, 25, 35, whatever the threshold was in the previous comp plan. In the second comp plan that I'm talking about here, because the salesperson's being paid on everything, the percentage of commission should probably be lower. What I like to do though, is I still like to set a threshold. I like to set a higher threshold, but when the team member crosses that threshold, their entire commission for the month doubles. Now, when I say entire commission, I say entire commission, like not just future commission that month on sales above the threshold, but everything. So as an example, let's just say that your threshold is set at $60,000. So for this month, any sales below 60,000 you pay a 3% commission on. But once that team member crosses $60,000, their entire commission for the month doubles, so they make a 6% commission. What this is doing, it's protecting the company. It's offering some kind of an advantage to the salesperson because they get paid on everything up to a point. But once they cross $60,000, i.e. once the company guarantees a level of performance, everything doubles. So it does protect the company because they are only paying this higher commission rate when they are getting the performance that they deem necessary. Now, in addition to this, I would recommend having a quarterly bonus system. And this actually came out in our episode with TR. In the past, I had always done it as a quarterly bonus if the team member individually hit their goals for the quarter. But after chatting with Tim and thinking about this, I would recommend that this is a team quarterly bonus. And this is a quarterly bonus that the entire sales team gets if the entire sales team's quarterly goal is exceeded. Now, it doesn't matter who does what, This is an all-or-nothing bonus that the entire team is eligible for if the combined sales of the team outpaces their quarterly goal. Now, if you're asking how much this could be, you could make it an arbitrary dollar amount. I would recommend making it something like 1% of sales. Now, the cool thing with this is that you get to set the goal. So it's great to pay a bigger bonus. You can just set a higher goal for the team if you want. But what's nice about this is that the team will actually start to police each other and motivate each other to hit the goal because it's all or nothing. If it's $1 below, they don't get it. And the team, I'm telling you, they really will hold each other accountable and they will work to make this thing. Now, like all compensation plans, this one does have some weaknesses as well that I want you to be aware of. The main weakness is the arbitrary nature of of where the commission flips. So again, let's just recap the sales plan real quick. You have a base pay salary, and then you have a commission that's made on every sale. But once your sales cross the threshold, in this case, I just said $60,000. Once they cross $60,000 for the month, that salesperson's entire commission 
doubles. So they're now making a 6% commission on everything that they've done up to this point this month and everything they sell for the rest of the month. The downside of this is it means that if they sell $59,999, their commission does not double. And that is a lot of money that they're missing out on that if you just paid a flat commission rate, that would not be the case. What I found with salespeople is that explaining the weaknesses and the strengths of every compensation plan is really helpful. I mean, every comp plan has strengths and weaknesses to it. There's edges that you can push into and there's things to try to avoid. And the weak part of this compensation plan is going to be when your salesperson finishes within $10,000 of that threshold because they've already given the company more than three quarters of the performance that the company needs, but they're only being paid half the commission. And that is the reality of a compensation plan like this, where the weakness in the first plan was that lower level performance, just trying to get above the threshold to start making commission. In this plan, you'll find often it's the mid-level salespeople that are coming close-ish to the threshold, but not crossing it, that over time may get frustrated with the lack of payout. And this is just something that needs to be managed. All compensation plans need to be managed. But I found overall, this one is really, really effective. I, I found it to be very, very effective. And again, you can double the commission because you're being guaranteed performance. You can offer a great quarterly bonus. I mean, think about this. You're guaranteed three months performance from every single salesperson. It is worth paying out on that because that's incredible guaranteed performance before you have to pay. Okay, so we've talked about two compensation plans. We have talked about the initial plan of having the threshold you have to cross before you gain commission and then having these three that three-tiered monthly bonus system based on what you sold. We've talked about the second compensation plan where we have a base pay. We have a commission right from the get-go that doubles once we cross the threshold plus a quarterly team bonus. And the third comp plan that I will give you is the most aggressive. And it is a full commission plan, a 100% commission. You do not sell, you do not eat comp plan. Now, this is a comp plan that I've also seen be incredibly, incredibly effective. But I'm going to give a caveat to this. It's only effective for a mature sales professional that has a system of management and leadership in place around and above them. Without those things, this is catastrophic. With these things, it is very, very powerful. So as an example, what I have seen with this plan is that the salesperson is paid on a sliding scale based on the margin of their jobs. So as an example, you'll want to set a threshold where when a job is under this margin, no commission is paid. Maybe for you, that is 20%. Maybe it's 30%. Maybe it's 35%. Whatever it is, let's just call it 30%. Anything under 30% does not get paid commission. And then what you do is you start to set a system where 30 to 32% might get paid 3% commission. 32 to 34% might be paid 4%. You see where I'm going with this. As the margin increases, the commission percentage increases. And my recommendation would be as these margins get higher, maybe you start to get to 45, 50, 55% margin, 
that you get a lot more aggressive with this commission to where, you know, if someone is selling a 55% margin installed, I think that that likely deserves a 10% commission, maybe even more, maybe even 10% with a small bonus on top of it. Now, what this means is that you need to track the margin of your jobs. And if you are not able to track the margin of your jobs, I would not recommend this plan. Because if you pay an aggressive commission rate without tracking the individual margin of every single job, at some point this train will go off the rails and this salesperson is going to start costing you all kinds of money without the profit dollars to back it up. So in order to make this work, you really have to be able to tell what the installed margin, including return trips and everything else on their jobs are every single month. Again, pros of this plan. Well, for the company, it's absolute protection because you don't have to pay anything if there's not performance. I mean, truly, the salesperson is being paid like a business owner. If you own your own business, you know that unless money goes into the bank, you can't pay yourself. And the salesperson gets to be paid the same way. Now, as a reward for that, as a reward for taking on the risk of the compensation plan, the salesperson gets paid significantly more in the reward. That makes sense? There's a ratio between risk and reward. The more risk that the company takes on with the compensation plan, i.e. the higher base salary without guaranteed performance, the more risk that the company takes on, the less they can afford to pay the position because the risk involved. But the more risk that the team member takes on, the higher that the company can pay them out because they're only paying for guaranteed performance. So I have seen this be a massive win-win. I've seen it be a huge win-win. I've also seen it be absolutely catastrophic. I've seen salespeople make a ton of money and do really, really well and have great relationships with their company, not be cutthroat towards other people, be generous. I've seen that. And I've seen salespeople be out of control. They don't care about their customers. They just sell it, sell it, sell it, move on to the next one. They're gunslingers. It's up to you. For me, I still love this plan, but I love it for a mature sales professional that has a system of management and leadership around them and above them. So I laid out those three plans in detail and and talked about it because I think that any one of them might be a jumping off point for you. Now, if you have young salespeople or if this is new for you, I would recommend starting with either the first or the second compensation plan or something like it. I mean, I've even seen people start with just a spiff where you make, you know, I don't know, $100 or $200 extra per unit that you sell. That's fine at the beginning. The reason I don't like it long term is because we really want to teach our salespeople to think like a business person. We really, really do. So having them be in touch with their numbers, the dollar value of what they're selling and seeing how percentages work and how they can make more as they sell more. I, I, I like that a lot. And I think that the, the arbitrary spiff, while it might be a good starting point, I, I don't know if that grows mature salespeople in the long run, but it could be a fine place to start. The point of all that is to say that these are three different models to consider as you start putting in performance pay, because any one of these will start to change the behavior of your team. It really, really will, because people do the behavior that they are incentivized to do. And and it's just, it's as simple as that. Now, there's there's one little nuance that I'm going to give as we start to round this conversation out. There was a study that was done 
oh, this is probably going 10 years back or so. I forget the group. I'll see if I can reference the study in the show notes. But there was a study that was done a while back about sales performance and compensation and can money buy happiness and things like that. And what the study found is that compensation would motivate performance up to a certain dollar amount. And once the team member made that much money, the compensation itself no longer motivated performance. And I believe that that's true. Now, how do I, how do I rationalize that with me just saying people will do the behavior you incentivize? So I believe that compensation structure does change behavior. I'm not saying it's the only thing that motivates though. But I believe it will change behavior up to a certain point that people will start to perform based on how they're paid. And if you show them that they can make more as they perform more, people will either perform more or they will quit. And that's really what you want in a salesperson. Now, that's not to be heartless and say that you don't work with them, you don't help them perform, or you don't move them into a different seat within your organization if sales isn't the right fit. But people either rise to perform or they tell you, I don't want to do it. And that's what you want from your sales team. You want salespeople that want to perform. In the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins, they did all of this research to study companies that went from average performance to great performance. And and they looked at all the reasons for it. And one of them that they tried to look at was, did compensation models have anything to do with it? And they came to the conclusion, no, that, that companies that didn't perform well had compensation models that were good or bad or whatever. And companies that did perform well had compensation models that were good, bad, and otherwise. So so compensation models in and of itself did not guarantee going from a good to a great company. What their research found though, is that the purpose of a compensation plan is to A, attract the right talent and B, retain the right talent. Now, the compensation plan doesn't motivate the talent. It's not their sole motivation, but it attracts and it retains. And, 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 and this is what I'll say is that basic behaviors will change when you go from never being paid based on performance to being paid based on performance. But there will be a point where finances in and of themselves will not be the motivation. What you'll find though, by putting these plans in place is that you can show salespeople If you can perform like this, look at the money you're going to make. And as you grow and perform more and more and more, this compensation plan isn't capped. So you can make as much as you want. This will attract people into the position and it will retain people in the position because they have a compensation model that through their performance has been shown to pay them really well. And it will continue to pay them really well so that they can build the life that they want. That's the point of the compensation plan. And before we do anything else with sales management, we have to figure out where we're going, right? That's our sales goals. And then the compensation packages, how are we going to pay our people? If we have that clarity established, it's amazing what we can start to do for our teams. But if you think you can just pay your salesperson 12 bucks an hour and kick them $50 every time they sell something and expect incredible performance, it's not going to happen. And it's because you haven't invested 
in the holistic structure. You've just thought you can throw finances alone at this thing and solve it. But no, no, no. It's based on the overall structure of the sales budget for the year, of the individual goals that are working with a person to help them make this money through their compensation plan. It's, it's all of it together that starts to create a structure where people can find meaning and people can thrive within it. So this is ground zero for learning to play offense with our sales team. We have to have sales goals and compensation packages in place. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was really, really fun for me to break down the basics of goals and compensation plans for sales. I mean, again, I nerd out on this stuff. I absolutely love it. And and I'm telling you, it might seem tedious. It might seem time-consuming, and it is. But time and time again, I have seen this breathe life into companies and into salespeople. I really, really have. So many people underperform because they're not paid well and no one invests in them. When you intentionally and thoughtfully put this together, you are showing your team, I care about you and I want to help you achieve your dreams. Like I said at the end of the episode, I mean, oftentimes when I'm working with a mature team, they get to set their own sales goals. And that's going to be based on some guidance from me and from their leaders. But I'm okay with them setting their sales goals because they've seen how their compensation plan is a vehicle to help them achieve the life that they want. And these sales goals are actually doing the same thing. So the big takeaway from today's episode is to take the time to create this initial spreadsheet of sales goals. Start thinking through compensation plans. Again, if you take a half day out of the office with Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets open, you can put this together pretty easily. It's not rocket science, but it does take time. I'm telling you though, The juice is worth the squeeze. This is an investment that will pay off. I've seen it happen many times. Now, as I've been thinking about this, in in this first quarter of the year, I've been traveling a lot to, to different markets, and I've actually got a really intense travel schedule in Q2 of 2023 as well. But a lot of what I'm doing is exactly this, helping companies with the basics of sales management. We're going to be getting more into this in future episodes about, okay, well, how do I manage that sales team? Now that I'm paying people based on performance, what if some people try to steal jobs from other people or they start to fight with each other or they stop caring about their customer? We're going to deal with all of that as we talk about this system of management throughout the season. But one of the things that we are trying to do at Wi-Fi is help companies with this. So we're actually launching something called our Sales Accelerator Program, where we want to act like a part-time sales manager for you and put some really basic structures in place for your team every single week so that you have the ability to manage. We can take the administrative work off your plate. You can look at the results and manage. And this is the way that it's going to work. Every Monday, we're going to send your sales team about a 10-minute sales training video where I'm going to be going through some of the basics of sales and answering questions of salespeople. It's about a 10-minute video to inspire them and empower them for their job throughout the rest of the week. On Wednesdays, we send your team a reminder to follow up with four of their customers on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we send your team a link to fill out a report about how their week went, and that report goes straight to you. 
Now, this is a really, really simple report. We're actually going to talk about this in a future episode. A weekly report is something that I have learned is just a non-negotiable. This is something that at Wi-Fire, we fill out weekly reports. I fill one out. Matt Bradley fills one out. Whenever I do remote sales management consulting gigs, the first thing I do is I implement a weekly report. Now, this report is not overbearing. It takes less than five minutes to fill it out. It's just a few simple questions that tell me what the salesperson did that week. So imagine if every single week you got a report from your salespeople that said, here's how many new estimates I wrote up this week. Here's how many customers I followed up with, and these were their names. This was the biggest win that I had this week, and here's the one thing I want to try to knock out next week to make it an impactful week. Well, I'm telling you, if your sales team sends you that every single week, change starts to happen. Because you know what's going on, now you can come along and help them. They know every single week that they're having to be accountable for their performance, so their performance starts to change. So for our sales accelerator, Mondays, we're going to send them a training video. Wednesdays, a reminder to follow up with four customers. And Fridays, a link to fill out a weekly progress report that goes straight to you. Now on top of that, once a month, we're going to invite them to a live 60-minute training call over Zoom. And I'm going to lead a live sales training with practice, questions, answers, and anything else that I can do to help the people on this call get better at sales. So this rhythm of weekly motivation, follow-up, and accountability through the weekly report, plus the monthly sales training live call is really, really powerful. Now, this is something that we're offering to all of our partners who use Wi-Fi. But even if you're not a Wi-Fi partner, you can sign up for 30 days free of the sales accelerator by going to wifire.com slash sales. For all of our existing Wi-Fi partners, you can use this for free for 30 days. You can pay for it after that if it's helpful. And seriously, if you take a look at it for a month and you say, oh, I can do this, perfect, do it. Because the point is to give you the tools to start managing your sales team. So with that, we're going to put a wrap on this episode, but before we do, I'm going to give you a little preview into next week. So next week, we're going to talk about how to utilize a documented sales process. You may be familiar with the sales process that I teach. It's seven simple steps, and we'll be spending some time on that next week. Now that we understand our sales goals and we built our compensation plans, we can move on to utilizing a documented sales process. Now, if this podcast today has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. My hope is that this episode has been eye-opening for you. And if you guys have questions about this content, the last episode of this season will be a Q&A episode, and you can email those questions in throughout the season by sending an email to tim at itsfiretime.com. So with all that said, this week, take three to four hours outside the office, plan out your sales budget, set your goals, and spend some time thinking about compensation plans. But I would caution you. Don't implement this quite yet. I want you to get a few more episodes into this season to hear the rest of the framework of management before we move to implementation. So with that, you've got your homework. I'm excited to see what happens and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by InBloom out of Portland, Oregon. 
We thank you for listening to the Fire Time Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn in the-